I would like to call to order the January 18, 2024 Eagle Vale Metro District meeting to order. Are there any changes to the agenda? Nope, no changes. All right, thank you. Seeing none, uh, may I have a motion to approve the consent agenda? So moved. So moved. <coughs> I second. Motion by Lauren, second by Terry. All those in favor? Aye. 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 And we are to our public comment section of the meeting. Oh, we have a public. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. <laughs> Hi, Cindy. Just in time. Well, you have made it. Thank you. Well, thanks for all the meeting. You can proceed right to the podium. Yeah, thank you for everybody. Thank you. Do you need a minute? If you're uh, I'm good. Okay. I'll just breathe hard. <laughs> okay. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the fire station uh, agenda, and it, it's going to be pretty brief. You know, uh, a couple of months ago, I brought up that we needed the development committee back in, in hands. But, you know, I did a little research on it, and all the old cronies, <laughs> supposedly, except for Jack Hunt, which we got the major report on uh, about the zoning and, and the density and stuff like that. Uh, he's still, according to all the old cronies that I don't even know if they live here anymore, you know, like Rick Pileman and, you know, they were, they were very, very, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, they, they volunteered their services. I don't know, uh, but the best advice I got was, Let's deal with Jack Hunt. And I know that the board uh, last year had approved a $10,000 budget to research this. And we're waiting on the sheriff's department and waiting and waiting. And I don't think we should wait anymore. I think that we should, and I'm hoping that you guys will still approve the 10000 for this year, which nothing was done on, where Jack Hunt can help us at least plan a conceptual, what can we do with this property? Then we can take the next step and see if we really want to do it. That's my opinion on that. I have one other little subject, and I really hope that the board will consider pursuing the fire department so that we can get it to a conceptual stage. The other subject I have is I've talked to Steve and I believe to Chris a little bit about how, how much it costs to hold a public meeting here. And uh, the EVPOA needs a little help. Uh, they consider that even though they'd have to rent the pavilion at this point in time, uh, that uh, it would be like $4,000. And I'm like, no, I don't think so, Steve. Steve, you gave me some figures. I'd like to take it to the POA and say, we need a public meeting. I mean, obviously, you guys get more people here than they get on a Zoom meeting. And I think it's important, that's a first step, to try and get EVOA, get the homeowners involved so that we can start a cooperative effort again between the two boards that govern our community. So if Chris and Steve would give me those figures again, I will pursue it with them as best I can. What figures are you asking about? I'm sorry. How much it would really cost for them to hold a public meeting instead of the <laughs> Zoom meetings, which they get no participation in person. Yeah. So you're talking in-person meetings monthly. And they keep saying that it's, it, the cost is outrageous, and I don't believe it, because Steve gave me some preliminary figures. Even with a video and holding a Zoom meeting in conjunction with a private meeting, they're way out of line when they say it's going to cost $4,000 a meeting. So I'd really like to get that information and see if I could really try to get through. <laughs> okay, those are my Can two get subjects. That. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you, Cindy. Uh, seeing no other public, online, or in-person uh, management updates. Brent, would you like to start? <laughs> gotcha. All right, we'll go backwards. I love it. Must be a new year. So, yeah, so it seems like, uh, you know, with all the moons that have passed, even some holidays and even the new year, but, man, it seems like we were just here. Um, yeah, just to kind of focus in on a few things, it was a little bit of a slow start to the winter, as you guys all probably know, but the last week, it sure has felt great. So a lot of our winter obligations kind of have taken full swing at this point. Um, the establishment of the Nordic track's been great. That took a little longer than usual with kind of our conditions that were out there. Um, the implementation of the Nordic Ski Only um, had some really good feedback on that so far. So that's been uh, pretty successful to this point that I've seen. Um, even spoke with Lynn Blake the other day, and that was she was ecstatic, really excited about it all. And uh, so that's been nice. Um, personnel we did uh, welcome a new family member you know as you guys kind of did last you know okayed in the last uh, budget meeting and such that uh, Chad Hinman I kind of put a little bio in there for you so you can learn a little bit about him but great to have him on full-time now uh, very blessed to have him um, and I was always you know capital projects um, inside the office getting busy now starting to kind of look at things think about purchasing things sooner than later, as I mentioned in my board packet, uh, just so we're ready when uh, the snow recedes and we can get out there. It really is about only seven more weeks until we start clearing greens again, starting to see turf. Um, so it's right around the corner, whether we like it or not. Uh, but uh, super excited about the upcoming 2024 season, if anyone has any questions. I haven't gotten a chance to check out the Nordic track yet, but thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, how's it going? Like, is it, have you, have you noticed if it's staying kind of pure for Nordic skiing? Like, has, has the, have you been able to keep the pedestrian traffic away? Yeah. So, yeah, it's so for the most part, Yeah. Um, there has been a few, you know, poachers, if you will, or people walking their dogs on it and stuff. But I think in general, the communities respected that and, um, I think now we'll really get a good taste of it now that the conditions are better. I think we really didn't get a, a hard line graphic for that with the conditions, you know, early on weren't that great. But now that we have a pretty good base out there and some fresh snow, I think we'll be able to kind of, let's say, monitor it a little bit more. Um, but I, I think so. I think in general it's, it's, uh, it's been a success. I think you're always gonna have those people that are cutting through and such. And that's why I kind of wanted to pick Lynn's brain a bit because she kind of lives over there and she's kind of involved in it and, and uses it. And she says, yeah, there's a few here and there, but all in all, I think they're respecting the signage. Um, I think it's been placed good enough too, strategically where it's, it's helpful that people kind of know, hey, I'll stay over here kind of on the more regular standard winter path, if you will. And this one is a bit, it's a little harder to get to, if you will. It's it's uh, it's a bit separated, so hopefully that helps too with that. So I think it's good so far. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. When Nancy asked about where it is, and you had that great picture, maybe Chris, you could post that on that picture of where it is. Helped her and a lot of people because they don't golf; they didn't know exactly where it was. So in the graphics, page 31ish, I think. Um, yeah, it's kind of my make view. fish map. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And that's exactly where the moose is wandering around now, too. <laughs> yeah, there, Holland's so. Pond, there's been a few sightings. Is it all the same one that, do we think it's the same moose? I think it is. Okay, yeah. the, I've seen it like twice, and it looks like the same real healthy specimen. It's a beautiful animal. Has his name tag on? Yep, it has his name tag, Metro District. <laughs> Anything else? Thank you, Brent. Yep. All right, Ryan or Steve, who wants to go? <laughs> yeah, kind of like Brent said, the holidays went by super fast, and I uh, can't believe it's mid-January already, and 
uh, kind of in full swing, I guess, if you would, for winter operations and plugging away each day up there at the clubhouse. It's great to have a couple other staff members to run ideas by and help um, look at the business from a different perspective outside of my own just for the winter time. So Chad has definitely challenged me on a lot of my own thinking and I've tried to do the same to him and kind of like our shroud up sessions, we get to know how our brains kind of work with each other and against each other. And um, he's kind of my yin to the yang and um, it's great to have. So it's um, a nice time of the year for us to be able to look at what's worked in the past and what hasn't and what we're gonna be doing a little bit differently this year. Um, not, outside, uh, not just outside of regular rate structures and things of that nature, but just a lot of our teaching programs, You know what food and beverage uh, operation is gonna look like and things of that nature. So um, good to have that going on right now. We do have the golf simulator up there and uh, it's going fairly well. You know, we've, we get a few bookings every week. Uh, we've got the, the grill open up there for lunch as well. And, you know, if you haven't stopped in for lunch or just during the golf season, Vinny does a, a fabulous job and everything that he does put out is really good quality. And uh, what we're doing with uh, the lunch and the simulators, the prices are just really great. I think just not just for the Valley, but, really um, affordable and attainable for a lot of different kinds of budgets. And so it's a good place to come hang out. You know, you got Chad, Vinny, myself up there, and uh, we're putting on a good show for everybody that we do see in the wintertime and kind of keep those relationships going and have some great discussions with a lot of community members, but people outside the area too, coming in and seeing us and getting another game just a little bit better right now in the winter. A few other things we've got going on. We've just about got our marketing plan lined up with all of our different vendors from the area from Denver, the Front Range, kind of all over, some national stuff, um, some different things like that that I think will serve us very well during the season time. Uh, golf shop buy-in plan, we've got one more show to attend in February to kind of wrap up some of our summer slash fall buying out there. So I think we've got a, a new perspective on what we're gonna be bringing on in there for that place, which uh, I think will be a, a really great new year for that. Uh, a lot of capital projects happening out there. Here's one picture of Chad down in our new laundry room. So I'd be happy to show you that because I get really geeked out about these little projects that we do. Um, last year it was kind of our dressing room and I just thought it was the coolest thing. I couldn't stop talking about our dressing room for about two months into the season. I was like, look, the lights turn on automatically and you don't get locked in. And now we got this laundry room over there that used to be kind of our old bag storage room. It was a little dungeon that we would torture our interns in. But um, right now we, we actually have a separate room for the washer and dryer, which used to be right in the middle of the cart bar. And you literally would kind of have to drive out of the way of the those items and one of the washers was near kind of our IT room and we're just waiting for a big old explosion but this is a really cool thing that I'm actually really passionate about um, getting done so that just got finished a couple weeks ago or so and a few other items there on the list that we're uh, continually to knock knock out right now Willow Creek is getting worked on right now the uh, painters are just about done with that area and carpet's going to go in in a couple weeks and uh, a bunch of other cool things that are just kind of um, moving and shaking out there just to make the operation a little bit more flush going into the next season. So it's all these little things that we're chipping away at just to make things a little, little more smooth and, and fun for everybody that's a part of it. Um, season passes, we go on sale March 1 for those. Last year we sold out in about a week and uh, I don't think this year will be much of a, uh, anything different, but we're looking forward to that. So starting to advertise that a little bit and get the excitement going and uh, golf out there on the PGA Tour and live there. They're starting up to get some big tournaments in there. So it's going to really create a lot of a lot of excitement for the golf season. that's just around the corner. Uh, lastly, we're we're kind of doing the same thing again, going through some policies and procedures. And now that we've got Vinny and Chad up there year round, they're kind of going through all the little uh, making sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and making sure that, uh, you know, what we learned from uh, last year wasn't this was a lot different than five years ago and how things just kind of evolved throughout year to year and and updating some of the things procedurally um, so a lot of good stuff happening and I think um, our success during the golf season is a reflection of the hard work that we do put in this time of the year and um, yeah golf season is just around the corner like Brenton says and we're all pretty excited about that but we'll take the simulator for now Thanks, Ryan. Any questions?
Hey, Ryan, quick question on first tee. Um, I don't know when you start to determine the camp, but I'm guessing it's either yesterday to tomorrow. Uh, there was some feedback from some of the participants from 22 with the change in structure for 23 with the multi-week one hour kind of midday mm -hmm. that it was a lot it was challenging for a lot of the EV families um, that wanted to go and had, that had went the previous year and had allowed their kids to like bike or walk because it's one of the rare camps they can do that to yeah. um, that the one hour was challenging for anybody that either worked or needed to go to city market or do anything like that the hour was short and that with the new kind of camp structure in the valley for most kids it, it tends to run on a week-to-week -week basis where everything's week and then another week so that mm -hmm. the thursday i think two to three or whatever it was mm -hmm. was challenging because there was too much conflict with other camps um and vale did the same thing i think they had like two hours or three but they also did the multi-week so i don't know if that's dictated by first tee or the golf course but just yeah. to keep in mind and if it had to be that way if it could even just be two weeks or two hours yeah, it's good timing to talk about that, too, just because we reached out to the first tee just earlier this week to establish those times and everything. And we got that feedback as well. You know, um, mm -hmm. last year was kind of a new structure to how we had been doing it on a weekly basis. And the big reason for us changing that was we were able to target a lot more of the local kids than mm -hmm. the week-long camps, which was mostly a lot of outer-towners that just dropped off their kids. Mm -hmm. We're trying to create a program that takes some of the local kids and uh, further grows their game week to week throughout the entire summer. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the structure is good, but I think that there's an opportunity to look at the timing for that Thursday, you know, midday kind of time for uh, us for Vail, for you know Eagle Ranch and all the courses that are kind of doing mm -hmm. similar things and seeing what's going to be um, you know best for for all that but also like for staffing as as, as well for for us to be able to get down there and do some of that but um, that is kind of in the discussions right now and should probably get finalized in a week or so with all those things considered so okay, um, thanks so I'm hoping it'll you know be a lot more I guess more welcoming for everybody with with their own schedules, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was a that was a good one last year, and and hopefully we could just do a little bit better this next year with it. So, Summit does the week to week, I guess, for a year for one of the courses in that area, and they do it I think five o'clock or after five. But I also see the operational mm -hmm. challenges with that as it's kind of a high time. Um, but th that did yeah. seem to work well to get multi-kids, a lot of kids kind of there from the neighborhood heading out that way. So just just to keep yeah. in mind if yeah. it works within your overall structure. Yep, that's that's the challenging part. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it'll be good once, yeah. once it's all said and done. And okay. uh, that stuff starts getting advertised here in the next week or two even. So it'll it'll be coming out and hopefully it'll be better. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I have a quick question and then Cindy. Um, do residents get first choice or first um, chance to get the passes? Like is there a couple days or a week that residents get first choice? There's not. Um, we typically will send this out to our pass holders first that we've had in previous years and um, give them the first opportunity to start signing up. Um, if it gets close to the time that we're getting uh, ready to sell out of them, we actually hang on to a few extras just for like the residents, the military, junior passes, those kind of things. Uh, so when we say sell out, we actually go to like 75% of it, knowing that there'll still be some people that didn't get a chance to sign up that week and we let them on in. So. There's a little grace period there, but... Um, we, so any resident that wants to will be able to? Um, not necessarily, but um, it's, uh, it is it is kind of a... Is that something we should consider since it's another you know, resident golf course? Because yeah. I know some people, my yeah, husband I included, I that could never that get number, one. I don't know what that number looks like, you know. Um, but we've been very accommodating for those people that weren't able to sign up. If they come and talk to myself and say, hey... Yeah, I live over here and I wasn't able to get on in and we have a wait list that starts up and happy to get people on in there. And um, I don't know if there's a huge demand for, for that, but 
and it's very hard to manage like who you know gets to gets to sign up first and does this email get to them and mm-hmm. that, that part's probably the trickiest part to do but okay um i i think you know last year golf rounds went down a little bit so what that number looks like selling out to capacity this year for passes i think it's going to be a little bit more forgiving let a little bit more on in so I, I don't. I don't see it being much of a problem, and I'm always happy to talk to anybody that didn't get in. So, yes, please. <laughs> um, just quickly, Ryan, because um, I'm still Turn on the mic. A, a member. Of, um, Mike. I'm still a member of the finance committee at this point. Uh, we approved the budget for um, you know year-round shift, and this is the first year that we've had a year-round salaried uh, person up there. I know a lot of the golfers are talking about the lunch up there being great. I'm just a little worried on the financial side that we didn't promote corporate events or, and I, I really don't know, but we get the emails uh, the community does that advertises the stuff that Vinny's doing and those are great they, they really are but I don't know what type of marketing you're putting into you know corporate Christmas parties it's gone corporate parties uh, things like that so that we can su- support our chef year-round and I think it's wonderful but also I think only the golfers that have been up there or have talked around town know about it being open. I don't know any other publications. So I'm real concerned that we can continue this. Thank you. And that leads to mine, Ryan. Please remind everyone what time and what days you're open during the winter time for lunch. Uh, right now it's Tuesday through Friday, lunchtime, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. So that's when. Is it advertised? It is advertised, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few signs out there on the, the neighborhood. We have our database that we email it out to. The, the, the district emails that go out to everybody. Um, we do a little Facebook as well. Um, so a little variety. I mean, you know, one of the things was we didn't want to spend a whole heck of a lot of money to advertise it out there with different sources for what could be a risky return on it, too. And so I think the big financial benefit of having Vinny is that I don't have to try to recruit somebody come April two weeks before our season starts when the big money starts coming in for the kitchen. And so that, to me, has its own value that can't be taken away with a, a smaller amount of demand that we might get up there in the winter. You know, for example, the, the snow's been coming down pretty good the last couple of weeks, and it's kind of eerie to see that when the bad weather happens in the winter, it affects us just like it does in the summertime. People don't want to go up that hill. They don't want to go inside the clubhouse, and um, that certainly slows down some of the, the traffic that we might get up there. Um, but Vinny's up there. He's still plugging away, and you know, we're spending a little bit of money getting some of our products just down the street from Walmart, and he's putting out a good product. And and being the first couple of months that we've been up and running with it, I think it just takes a little time, like kind of a new business plan, to to start getting the word out there a little bit more with the word of mouth and all that, to um, to really see a little bit more of a benefit and some kind of return there. So. I mean, it's a great value. It's cheaper than Qdoba. Yeah. You need to get an ad yeah. out. Just it's like, you don't even cheaper have to call it a special. It's, it's a good deal. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. What about linking it to a school event? You know, like, you know, basketball or whatever's going on over there just to let people know. Or like um, fundraisers with yeah. clubs or like, Ooh. it's a great space. I feel like yeah, it could be club. used for, yeah. Yeah, we, we certainly we certainly talk to people about that. You know, we do rent the place out. That um, certainly creates its own challenges during the winter time as well with parking, you know, with uh, snow removal, the utilities, the staffing, all that kind of stuff certainly takes into account some of those things that we're able to do in the wintertime. Um, but uh, there's opportunities that, out, that are out there that 
you know, with a little bit more experience. This is Vinny's first winter as well. And uh, he's not necessarily the, the best marketer of his own product. He puts out a great product, but doesn't necessarily know how to promote it the best that he possibly can from that perspective. So, you know, we're learning how to do it as the three amigos go up there or the three stooges or whatever it is to kind of keep pushing away at it. Um, but uh, again, you know, we're gonna make 99% of our money probably from May to September. And so we'll see what next winter brings and and, and uh, learn from what we did this winter, so. Sounds like a plan. Sorry, um, Steve. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks, Joanna, and uh, with all this talk of golf, it's getting me uh, getting me excited. May have to take a long weekend trip to Phoenix or something. But uh, yeah, hopefully everyone had an opportunity to look at uh, my board report. A couple of uh, items that I'd like to to accentuate and, and point out is uh, first of all is the uh, the communications update uh, line item that I that I had in the report. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we are working on the winter edition of the newsletter. Uh, we just finished that up. It's out to press right now. Hopefully we'll be getting copies in to share with the, with the community and put up there at the clubhouse and in various points throughout the community and uh, in the coming weeks. And we do have it online uh, right now as the e-edition. So that's on our website right now. And uh, it'll be sent out also through the e-blast where people can connect and, and look at what's going on, the winter edition style in Eagle Vale. Um, also, I met with uh, Lauren and I chatted this morning a little bit about uh, the communications consultant that uh, we approved for this uh, year, 2024. We'd set aside $30,000 to recruit and hire a, uh, a communications consultant to better communicate with our constituents and not only to, to relay information to the community, but also the listening part is also to figure out how best we want to receive those messages. And so we will be hopefully putting out an RFP uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and so we're excited to, to hear about that and then kind of report back to the board uh, on the status of that at the February meeting and hopefully get uh, get that person on board and start, uh, start the uh, the communications process, uh, kind of the new edition for 2024. So that's gonna be new and exciting. And uh, another point is uh, that I have to point out is uh, the whole number nine update. As you know, we did budget some additional funds to help improve uh, the golf hole on number nine, not only from a golfing standpoint, but also uh, the potential of uh, helping to mitigate some of those errant shots off of hole number nine. Uh, Rick Phelps with um, who presented uh, some strategies uh, last year, uh, is currently working on design and some schematics and some images that uh, he'll be sharing at the February meeting. Uh, and then uh, at that point, uh, we'd like to get some board input on uh, whether or not uh, you, know, you approve of what his recommendations would be so that we can get that moving forward. As, as these guys mentioned, uh, you know, seven weeks Brent and his crew will be blowing off greens and, and we want to try to get those changes done sooner than later just so they get more impact through the golfing season um, and then another point is uh, the communication or the traffic calming committee we did meet uh, last week and uh, chatted about uh, some opportunities that are that could be possibly coming up uh, for this year um, we did approve uh, some permanent uh, crosswalks in the community at those at the current crosswalks that exist on the golf course. I believe there's a total of seven of them that we approved. So um, just started engaging with the engineer and the consultant that's going to work with us on that. And then as soon as we get some more detailed information, we'll be able to share that with the community on what that looks like, timing and uh, installation and all those good things. But uh, Certainly over the past few years, we've certainly made some headway with traffic calming in the, commu in the community. And uh, so we can kind of continue with those strategies. And uh, again, perhaps in the February meeting, uh, have an agenda item to kind of let the board know exactly what we're doing, what we've done in the past, because a lot of this stuff is probably new to some of the board members that uh, 
weren't a part of that uh, the process back, and I think it was 2018 or 2019 when we did uh, a master plan uh, study of the community and some of the those items that were on there that could possibly add value to the community. Some of those were some low-hanging fruit that we did end up doing and that we're currently doing this year, but uh, looking at projects down the road and as sales tax dollars continue to uh, to grow and accumulate, we'll try to identify bigger projects that could potentially add uh, add uh, value to calming traffic and in, into the community. And and one of the other main things that came out of that uh, out of that discussion was uh, trying to work with the sheriff's department to get more enforcement here in the community. You know, they do have a substation right here. Trying to work with them and. Uh, showing them the value of, of patrolling more often in the in the community to help with safety. So we'll be following up more with that. And then, um, you know, these guys are talking about capital projects list. I did put together a, a laundry list for you of all the capital projects that we do have in 2024. When I was putting this together, I could have sworn that 2024 was going to be a, a an easier year on capital projects but it seems to be just as busy as it was last year you know we had great success last year with a lot of the capital projects and we're ready and excited to to get those going again this year you know with, especially with uh, as soon as the snow starts to melt wrapping up the this east end phased one with the pond expansion project so those are a couple of highlights that uh, i wanted to make sure that i pointed out and I'm happy to answer any questions that the board might have or the public. I just have a quick, um, it's about the traffic calming. There's um, definitely a lot of bus, sorry, I don't know if that's me, um, bus pedestrians on Eagle Road at dark wearing black walking four across. The Eagle Bell Ninjas. Yeah, I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> um, and then they lost their bus shelter the westbound, did somebody hit that, I assume? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I saw it half down the one day, and then it was gone. So is there a plan for that to go back up? I, it's, you know, it's so brutal standing out there. I'm waiting to hear back on exactly what that is going to look like and the timing. Um, I'm sure any sort of construction is probably going to be earmarked for when the weather improves. But, yeah, it was a, kind of a devastating blow. <laughs> In reality with someone hitting that and destroying it and then uh, Eagle County having to to take that down but hopefully uh, you know I'll get more information and I can report back um, two things Steve you know the running joke is you can we can get some speed bumps from the town of Vail since they've taken them out of out of the parking structure <laughs> so maybe we can get a deal um, in regards to the shuttle if a Driver, I mean, you know, we have the expectation that we're going to have two routes each day. If a driver doesn't show up or something like that, do we post anything on that sign? Do they let you guys know or anything like that? There was a comment on Facebook about, is there anywhere to go to know? And I'm like, I, I think you saw it too, Terry. That yeah. It's like, we contracted out, so I don't know, you know, even if they tell you guys. So... they that We try to have that line of communication. A lot of times it's last minute um, if someone doesn't show or a van breaks down or something like that um, we kind of dealt with a little bit over the past there was a um, an information number that uh, we did publish um, I, I'd have to see if it's still on the website or if we can put it on the sign over there um, that people can call that's a good good point I don't know if it could be more efficient, but my son used to drive those shuttle buses to Denver. And, you know, they always get people in communication with the driver. I don't know if there's any way to find out if there's too many, too little, you know, not enough for people to just let Epic know and let, like you said, a phone number would be great if someone's not coming, they could be in contact with Epic. I mean, in this day and age with phones and communication, I, I haven't taken it but more than once, but I have been at Gold Peak where, like, there's too many of us, and I'm like, I'll go last because I can get a ride. You know, like, how do they know how many? You know, if there's ever a way to communicate with Epic, if they're interested in doing that. Yeah, that's one of the challenges is that you don't sign up. It's not like a, you know, a dial-a-ride type service, and we have communicated 
in the past, you know, sometimes, you know, it's first come first serve over there. And sometimes, unfortunately, you may not get a, a seat, even though you got a ride there. And it's it's not on the Metro District or, or Epic Mountain to fulfill that. You know, I mean, it's a little bit a little bit of a risk, but I, I don't recall too many instances over the over the years where it has been a been a challenge or people haven't gotten back. I think that, uh, you know, if there's certainly, you know, someone or a group that didn't make it, you know, I think that if that was communicated to the driver, then the driver would relay, relay that to the communications team at Epic Mountain and then they'd make another trip back as a, as a convenience. So they're satisfied, because it's really on them, you know, they're satisfied with the way it's working. If no one shows, they're okay, and if too many come? Well, if no one shows, at some point they'll say, all right, well, if you don't show, then there's not another route yeah. back. Then they'll, you know, they have said, we're going to stop it for the day because it's, it's wasting your money. Right. And so they, you know, tap the brakes and, 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 you know, only provided half-day service or something. And to that end, people have asked me, is there... Do they have to come in person to get their resident card, or can they do it online? I was actually going to talk about that when you got to me for my report. So can we wait just a second and let Steve finish up, and then I'll get back to that? Okay. Is there any other questions? Okay. And I'll get back with you, Cindy. <laughs> okay, we'll do it now. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to let everybody know, just remind everybody, um, go to EagleVale.org, go to Community Corner, and then Resident Cards. All the information you need is there. Um, and the way I'm doing this now is um, I'm having everybody go to the website, get the information, or they can email me. They can get my information, my email on the website as well. Um, and... Uh, once I get, so what I need is I need verification of, I need proof of residency or homeownership here in Eagleville um, for all adults requesting a card. And um, they need to have any information, um, any document has to have the adult's name with physical address here in Eagleville. Uh, driver's license are not accepted any longer. And the reason for that is the driver's license is good for five years. You could move and still have the same address. We can't do that. I'm sorry, but there's just too many people that are requesting these cards that are outside of Eagle Vale. I have to be very, very careful. Um, and so I'm trying to kind of make sure that I'm really setting down on that and making sure that the cards I'm giving are to actual residents and homeowners. Um, there is, uh, so what I'm asking is that you get the information from me through email or on the website. Um, and then the document that needs to be signed, I only need the third page. It is also on the website. Or again, you can email me directly and I'll email that back to you. Um, and once I receive all of that information, I will issue your cards and place them in the resident mailbox outside of our office so that you can pick them up at any time that's convenient for you. So you don't have to worry about me being in the office um, because I'm not always there. I, you know, I run errands all the time. Um, different things that are happening, I'm not always right there. And I only deal with resident cards on Tuesdays and Wednesdays now um, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Otherwise, I do not get the rest of my work done. Um, but please feel free to reach out to me on, and again, my contact information is on the website. Um, my office number is 970-790-1217. And my email is k-r-i-s-o-n-e-i-l-l at eaglevale.org. You can reach me on either one of those. Um, and yeah, and I've definitely been trying to keep up with the resident cards, so I'm up to date as of now. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, if anybody has any questions on any of that, please let me know. And you can contact me for a list of documents that I can use. Um, some of those, like the assessor's website, I can go on there. Um, utility bills, insurance information. Um, I can use, uh, I've used college information before. Um, they'll have the physical address and the name on it. Um, there's a lot of different documents. It doesn't have to be just, you know, two or three different documents. And again, feel free to reach out to me and I'll let you know exactly what I can accept. So I have one more that I was asked to just today, I gave someone a ride to Beaver Creek because they weren't sure. If grandma and grandpa are living with them for like six months, are they considered residents or how long does it and how long is a renter a resident? Um, a renter, a renter, as long as they have a lease, even a six-month lease, um, six month to a year is fine. But I would need a lease or something that has their name and the physical address in Eagleville on it. And then the family member living with them, they're not considered a resident. They're not. Not if, um, like if they have a utility bill in their name or something like that, then that would work. The other thing that I'd like everybody to remember is each card gets a guest with it. So, and they are transferable for everything except for golf. So for the skier shuttle, um, if grandma and grandpa want to use the skier shuttle and mom and dad aren't going, mom and dad hand them their cards. Um, or for the kids, or if um, mom and dad are going and grandma and grandpa want to go, they, get, they can take those two guests with them if they have the two cards. Yeah, so it's a little easier than everybody thinks, but you know we still have to try to be careful with them. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry, can I add one more thing? Um, I am handing out discount cards already for 2024, and I know people look at me funny when I hand them out because um, they don't really realize what they're good for, uh, but they're actually good for a list of things um, that are listed on the back of them. And um, like you get discounts at the uh, par three, you get discounts at Willow Creek. Um, Part three, yeah, sorry. The Whiskey Hill Golf Grill, for so for the restaurant, um, also for snack, uh, snack Shack and the pool. You actually get a free entry to the pool. Um, there's, again, different discounts up at the main clubhouse as well. So make sure you guys use those. Um, and I only give one per property for free, um, but they are, you can definitely use those for, the, for that stuff. Thank you, Chris. You're doing a lot. Um, and the skier shuttle is still really popular. Um, John, you are up. Great. Thank you. Uh, can everyone hear me okay? Great. Uh, so we have the preliminary uh, December 2023 financials in the packet. Uh, our, we have, you know, kind of uh, a lot of the same story we've been talking about all year. Uh, preliminarily, we've ended the year with six, just over $6.5 million in total revenues for the district. Uh, we had an original budget of just over $6 million, so we, we exceeded that um, by a fair amount. And as a reminder, uh, a lot of that was from uh, sales tax revenue, actually ended up coming in really strong through the fall. Um, interest income. Uh, just wildly exceeded what we originally budgeted. Um, and then, uh, you know, we had some uh, additional revenues w related to golf and, uh, and swim in particular um, that helped drive that. On the expenditure side, um, our kind of operating expenditures before, before capital, just under 4 million, 3.973. Uh, that was against our original budget of 3.8. So we're, we exceeded our original budget a bit um, mostly due to staffing related items and having uh, additional staff um, kind of with without being able to be fully staffed I would say and having some additional overtime and things like that throughout the, the summer months uh, as well as um, you know we just had some additional cost overages uh, that we kind of discussed uh, previously um, and we had, we had amended the budget to four million so we ended up under the amended budget um, but we did exceed our original budget there um, and then on the capital side, uh, total capital projects, uh, about three point, uh, excuse me, 3.3 uh, 3 million roughly. 
um, that is, you know, those are uh, under our original budget as well as under our uh, amended budgets for those. Um, I think we may have some things still kind of coming in. Well, always a little bit awkward on the timing when you have something like the Pavilion Pond going on. So those might change some as we finalize here through the end of the year. But overall, uh, the district is a preliminary ending fund balance of 6.6 .6 million. Uh, that's about a million dollars higher than our original budget of 5.6. Um, and about $300,000 higher than our uh, forecast uh, that we had last updated. So, you know, we ended up in a really strong position this year and, um, you know, nothing's really changed since you guys, since we've kind of been talking about things. Um, so I don't really have much to add in terms of any of the detail pages. Um, one thing I did want to highlight is uh, we did finalize we did receive the final assessed value for 2024 tax collections for the district so that uh that is 146 million dollars uh that's up from 100 million so it's about a 45 percent increase um over 2023's numbers related to that the final uh mill rates for 2024 tax collections for the district will be 11.227 mills for operations and 2.980 mills for debt service. Uh, so that's a total mill rate of 14.207. That's down from 19.92, uh, so it's down 5.7 mills about. Um, you know, so it's about 25% decrease in the mill rate uh, for the district. Are there any, uh, any questions on the financials I can answer for anyone? Yes, John, on uh, page two of our statement of net position yes under fire station rental deposits uh from last year it's 3700 and then this year you have it shown as 7300 i didn't know if that was a typo or if we increased our deposit uh, amount it, it's increased it was increased but that is not a final number so uh a lot of their fire station numbers in here are estimates we have to wait for Eagle County to close the books on that since they do that management and give us those numbers. Um, so I think that that may come down. I don't know exactly what we have on hand for deposits, but that is not a typo. Okay. And then what was the, when we, before the legislation passed what they passed, what was our mills going to be? It was going to be slightly um, higher. Let me look. Let me uh, let me pull up prior version here and see. It it, uh, it didn't change too much. Um, I think overall the the value went down slightly, but you guys didn't have a huge impact. Let me let me just give me one second. Sure. Sorry. Nope. Slowly opening. Uh, so it would have been 10, actually, yeah, so it would have been 10.903 mills for operations and 2.869 for okay. debt service Okay. Uh, for a total of 13.772. So it went up about a half mil in total. Okay. The, the, the prior AV was about 152 million, so it went down about 6 million. Um, Off of that, what, that $55,000 credit they were giving? Correct. Okay. And there would have been other changes in there, so it wouldn't have just been that fifty-five thousand. It would have been them uh, finalizing value changes. You know, when they when they provide the preliminaries, they do make adjustments through through the kind of the final days. And one of the other areas that gets changed a lot is the state assessed. That number comes from the state, um, and you guys have a, a decent chunk of state assessed property, which is like all that Holy Cross property over in the. Um, in the business district on Highway 6 is within the boundaries and the state sets that assessment value, not the county. And, and they're always kind of, they're, they're kind of late on that. Yeah. And then what is going, what's going to happen with the town of Avon annexing in the large parcel to our assessed value? So the only part state land board parcel that's a part of Eagle Vale is the building on the north side, or I'm sorry, the south side of Highway 6. Uh, called the marketplace building. Uh, the buildings on the north side of Highway 6 are not within Eagle Vale's boundaries. Um, so those will have no impact. Uh, Town of Avon annexing any of that property 
has no impact on Eagleville's assessed value unless Eagleville agrees to exclude those properties from Eagleville's boundaries. Um, it's not an automatic process. This, the property owner has to come to the board and request exclusion, and then the board has to go through a process to review and determine whether or not to grant that. And John, specifically, it's the marketplace. Property. And that would be specifically to the marketplace parcel. That's correct. I think they spoke, somebody spoke at the Avon meeting about that, one of the business owners. Um, it was a competitive disadvantage being taxed two ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in terms of um, sales tax, if that marketplace parcel is incorporated into Avon, uh, Eagleville sales tax. The initial opinion from Catherine and, and my opinion as well is that Eagleville sales tax would no longer be uh, levied on that parcel. Uh, the, the way the statute's written for um, metro district sales tax, it says that uh, districts that are in unincorporated areas are allowed to levy a, a sales tax. Um, so with district taxing sales tax authority being relatively new, I don't know that we have any examples of this specific thing happening. Um, I think of the districts that impose the sales tax, our firm represents most of them. And we're not aware of it happening anywhere where it's been subsequently incorporated, but I think our initial opinion would be that parcel would be excluded from the Eagleville sales tax, whether or not it's excluded from Eagleville's boundaries. Thank you. Any other questions for John? All right. Uh, sorry, sorry, Joanna, one, one thing on, on that note, um, uh, just so the board's aware, uh, I believe that the town of Avon is going to be making a presentation to the business owners regarding that annexation. They, they had reached out and asked some questions about Eagleville taxes. So I think that's coming in the next week or so. It's next Wednesday at noon. Um, and then, John, uh, I did attend today the uh, special district annual meeting or, you know, their rah-rah to talk about. Do you see anything that's going to be negative this year in regards to legislation that we should be watching or uh, aware of? Uh, I, I mean, the governor's office has said they're going to attempt to pass legislation again. I don't I haven't seen anything as to what that's going to look like. Um, but I think we'll I think we can expect to see in this legislative session some sort of action again related to property taxes. Um, again, Eagleville's authority is to collect a base value plus inflation. And so um, whatever that action is, we can adjust the mill levy. The board can adjust the mill levy to, to collect that, that level of revenues. Um, but I do expect there to be some sort of legislative action again addressing property taxes in Colorado. All right, any other questions? All right, thank you, John. All right, um, next on the agenda, Chris presenting our 2024 meeting calendar. Yes, <laughs> should be in your packet. Um, it's honestly just what we've been doing uh, is every third Thursday of the month month for regular meetings and then we do have the two strat up sessions um, that has been the one in April has been changed from the 18th to the 29th um, and then and I did send an invite if you did not get that please let me know um, and then we do have uh, potentially a work session in October and again in November on the first Thursday of both of those months um, for budget purposes and we do have um, a special meeting scheduled for December 5th um, in case we need to do that and the budget isn't approved in November for some reason um, but that's all I've got for that Are there any questions Oh, it's really late. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do we need to approve? Why is this happening? 
Yes, I do need a motion to approve this. I move to approve <coughs> the 2024 Board of Directors meeting scheduled as presented. I second. Thank you, motion by Betsy, second by Terry. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Nah, that's not true. There's not a strat ops. There's still a regular meeting on the 18th. We just don't have strat ops before. All right. Next, next on the agenda is the. I'm special, I guess. Um, is the approval of the 2024 meeting posting, please, Chris? Do you have anything to share with us? No, we're just going to keep that the same if everybody's okay with it. I just post it on the uh, website, and then um, if I'm not able to post on the website, I put it down in the marquee at the pavilion, right outside of our office. Okay, may I have a motion to approve the 2024 posting place? I move to approve the 2024 posting place as stated in the packet. <laughs> I'll second. <laughs> we have a motion by Lauren, second by Betsy. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, next on the agenda, Steve presenting the driving range sewer line discussion. Yeah, thanks, Joanna. In your packet, you should have had a memo from, uh, from Catherine Wynn from Collins' office uh, giving her opinion and recommendation on the sewer line that was uh, impacted uh, during the driving range netting installation uh, this past fall. The sewer line was successfully repaired. Um, the sewer uh, line was hit because it wasn't uh, identified in any of the utility locates that uh, the district went through and wasn't on any of our mapping and uh, so we did uh, incur some costs to fix that sewer line the district has paid that bill as identified in the uh, in the memo from Catherine uh, and this conversation is kind of piggybacking off uh, our last board meeting as we discussed uh, this and uh, was going to bring it back around in January for the board discuss to for the board to discuss um, I don't have anything else to add to Catherine's memo, and I guess at this point we'd just like to open it up for discussion with the board, and we'd be happy to answer any questions uh, that I might be able to provide answers to. Steve, if we, um, I'm leaning, you know, to allow. I mean, I don't think they should have to dig it up. It's there. If we, uh, if we grant an easement, is there any cost associated with that granting the easement? Yes, there's roughly about a $1,200 cost um, for the, the paperwork, the time, and that would have to begin. Uh, the Catherine's office would file that with uh, the county, so that would be a part of the, the, the plat and then be identified. Um, I feel like the hard part's going to be identifying, they're going to have to pothole or something to figure out where that line goes after... I mean, they know where it was where they hit it, but where it goes from there. Do we know where that is? And can, would it be, re, uh, would it be okay to discuss having um, Swim Club create the survey of the area? Or is that something that the Metro would take care of? Uh, I guess the, the cost of the survey could go either way. Um, I guess my initial thought would be uh, that this, it's the swim club condo's sewer line that they would want to have that surveyed to identify it should there be a problem moving forward with with their structure and with, with their, their sewer line. Um, I think it's important that they understand where that is uh, given the fact that that feeds their, their, uh, their units over there. So when this came in our agenda, I just shared this with Patrick, and he reached out to Drew Isaacson, the Eagle River Water Sanitation District, and he sent three pages of saying that it's 
not a sewer line, it's a clean out line. And he sent some drawings, you know, pencil drawings from 77. So maybe reach out to Patrick and get a little more information from him, because I didn't want to get into the details, but it's no longer a sewer line, it's a clean out line. And there were several that went like under Eagle Road. And I mean, it's, it's hard to tell by the pictures. Do, did yeah, you talk guess, to Drew Isaacson? Yeah. No, but I guess regardless if it's a sewer line or a clean, it's a it's a clean out line for a sewer. I mean, it's it's you know whether I, I don't want to get into it. but yeah, just like talk I, to talk I to him say, about it. Yeah. Well, it's not the metro districts, so I mean right. that's it doesn't matter really if it's right. a cable line or a sewer line or it's a it's a utility that doesn't belong to the metro district. Right. But I guess. I don't understand if it's something they're concerned about or not. So perhaps well, talk to Patrick about is what it only to discovery. The benefit of swim club? Okay. I mean, really, it's it's important that it get identified so that it doesn't get hit again. And it's in it's my opinion that you want to take the swim club wants to identify where that line is and create a legal description of that, right. um, so it's protected. So. Um, and I, I and I'm okay with granting an easement, personally. Has Swim Club offered an opinion at all officially to you in terms of what they would like to see done with the line? I have not heard from them. Um, I know that Catherine did make their attorney aware of that, and they did have a conver conversations about that. So, the Swim Club condos attorney is aware of. The, the sewer line in the conversation. Yeah, I just know that Swim Club wasn't aware of it until I sent it to them, because they don't really want to pay their attorney anymore. So, you know what I mean? Maybe talk to Patrick directly, or send that letter to him, or I don't know. I just have, what liability do we have if, if nothing happens? If, you know, if, if Swim Club says we're not going to take action, do we have liability? Well, I assume we don't, but. She says if we do nothing. Oh, third option is to do nothing, but that is not record okay. the reasons or the reasons above. Okay. I mean, in terms of the line, an easement seems like it would make the most amount of sense. It would be a significant cost for them to dig up and relocate it. It's been there for a while. Um, I think we should reach out to them and start talking about an easement. And then I guess the question is who incurs the costs for that? Uh, and I think given it's their line and it would be their benefit to know where their line is and to have access when needed and coordinated properly, you know, I'm hoping that they would take responsibility for the costs associated with the easement, and then, then they have that. They have the legal easement to be able to access something that's theirs underneath property. So that's what I was suggesting as well, is talk to Patrick, because he didn't hear about it until I shared this. Because he's not really talking to the attorneys. <laughs> okay. And then Tim did uh, email me. He wasn't going to be able to be here, but he did want me to read uh, into the records uh, his, his thoughts uh, on the matter. His recommendation would be to charge the swim club condos for the cost of the repair and provide them with a license or an easement to, uh, for the line to remain. And uh, after they provide a full survey of the location uh, later in the spring after the snow clears. Are you looking for more direction from the board this evening, or do you want to talk with Swim Club? Would you? Like, I think it's probably a bit good if we do a roll call on. Yeah, I think. On the easement I think some direction um, on, you know, basically on the memo that Catherine provide, which of those options does the board want to pursue and give direction to to staff to take the next step? Option one is my my opinion and then the question in terms of the bill um 
I can't say I don't disagree with Tim that kind of in part of this partnership with what to do with this line, it would be these are the costs we incurred for the line, even though we did not know it was there and it wasn't documented as being there. I mean, I do think it would be fair to forward that on uh, and ask for payment or reimbursement, I guess. Yeah, I can also work up an invoice, you know, uh, uh, an estimate to include the cost of the repair and the cost of uh, an, an easement uh, that would then be filed with Eagle County. I can get, you know, that those numbers, put that together, forward that on to uh, the swim club condos. That would be my direction as well. Agree on reimbursement. I think we were just waiting to determine whether there was some easement filed somewhere that wasn't readily available. But if she hasn't been able to locate it, then agreed. I'll work on drafting that and uh, I'll blind copy the, the board on the communication. All right, and last on the agenda, any other business? Is there any update on the fire station? Just since Cindy's gone, we haven't heard, I assume we haven't heard anything. I haven't seen an email, but. Nothing that I've heard. Okay. And she was referring to Scott Hun, not Jack Hun. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's, it's understandable. Um, do I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Excellent. See you next month.